It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Our division crossover series forges ahead today with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Not a team that I think a lot of Packer fans are intimately familiar with, at least not beyond Minshew mania. So Tony Wiggins, host of Locked on Jags, is on the show today to talk about it. And I do want to just quick correct something that I said yesterday. Uh, We are not doing the NFC West because the Packers don't play the NFC West in 2020. The Packers play the NFC South in 2020. So next week we will do the NFC South to go with the AFC South for the rest of this week. Before we get to that discussion though with Tony, I want to address something that got a lot of play in sports talk radio on the blogosphere and it has to do with the Packers future with Aaron Rodgers. This has been the topic of choice since the Packers drafted Jordan Love. Everyone wants to talk about the future of Aaron Rodgers, and that means there is going to be a lot of speculation. And right now, that is all it is. Brett Favre talked to Aaron Rodgers, but all he's doing is speculating. An executive spoke to the Athletics' Mike Sando and suggested that there would be a match, suggested that it would make sense in Las Vegas, that the Raiders would be willing to do a trade potentially, that there would be interest there. But this was picked up and reported like, oh, the Raiders are going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. They plan to trade for Aaron Rodgers. They're going to trade for Aaron Rodgers. That was not what Mike Sando reported. What he reported was an executive speculating. And in fact, the word the executive used, according to Sando, was wonder. I wonder. You guys hear me say that on this show all the time. I wonder. I wonder if. I wonder when. I wonder how. And the thing about wonder, the thing about wonder is that's all it is. And the reason you wonder is because you don't know. Because if you knew, you wouldn't have to wonder. That's the funny thing about wondering, is when you know something, or when you even, even when you just believe something, I believe that we will win. I believe a thing. 
is very different, fundamentally and importantly different from I wonder. I wonder. I wonder if a team like the Raiders would be interested. Yeah, I wonder if a team that has historically been reckless with its assets, that has in the past overpaid for aging quarterbacks, that has a brain trust of John Gruden and Mike Mayock who have in the past fawned over Aaron Rodgers and who have a coach under an a million-year contract who is obsessed with the quarterback position and they're going to play in a stadium that has not existed until this season. Yeah, I wonder if Aaron Rodgers would be appealing to them. But any of this speculation is totally ridiculous because... At the very least, for the next two seasons, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, or at least he is on the roster because the money just doesn't make sense to move him before that. The Packers, in order to cut bait with Aaron Rodgers in 2021, I don't even, I don't even want to explain this, but we have to because this has been such a big topic of conversation around the sports world. It's over $30 million in dead cap in 2021. And the savings is basically nothing. So it's one thing in 2022 to say, oh, it's a $17 million dead cap charge. Yes, it is, but it's also $22 million in salary cap savings. If the Packers were to cut or trade Aaron Rodgers in 2021, it's more than $30 million in dead cap with... Basically, no savings, no meaningful savings. We're talking about a couple million on the margins. There's no benefit to it unless a team is going to wildly and crazily overpay. I mean, you want to give three firsts or something just absolutely bonkers. Then, yeah, okay, the Packers would consider eating that. Or if Aaron Rodgers becomes so toxic that they have to do what the Steelers did with Antonio Brown. I don't see that. That second part, that scenario is just not happening. So it either has to be a team is going to come over the top and say one of two things. Either we are going to pay through the nose for Aaron Rodgers because we want him to open our stadium in Las Vegas after a terrible year last year or whatever, whatever the scenario is, or we're willing to eat a large part of the contract because there was some discussion that the Bears were going to eat Nick Foles' deal. Now, they were able to work some things out, and that didn't end up being the case. But there were early reports that the Bears were willing to do that. And there are ways to make these things work. It's not the case that Aaron Rodgers has to be this huge dead cap charge if a team is willing to add money to a deal or is willing to take on all of that salary. The reality is that's just not likely to happen and and so unlikely as to be absurd to even speak about. These kinds of conversations are so premature. They're so premature. We haven't seen Jordan Love on a football field yet. And I think the Packers have made it pretty clear that Jordan Love is going to have to perform well enough to earn this job. And if you're Brian Gutekunst, you can say, Look, I drafted Jordan Love. If Matt LaFleur is not the right coach for him, you can move on from Matt LaFleur if you need to. I mean, now we're going way far afield from all of this. But I just, I think that if we're going to speculate wildly, let's just speculate wildly, huh? I mean, see how ridiculous we're getting now? 
let's just make things up. If the aliens land, is Aaron Rodgers going to be the, the quarterback to play if they want to play the Packers, or is it going to be Jordan Love? Let's just make stuff up. Let's just go totally nuts and talk about things that are so ridiculous that they could never happen, but look, there's a 0.1% chance that they happen, so let's talk about it. I mean, we aren't so hard up for content that we need to do that. And so I want you to be prepared that this is going to keep happening. There's going to be leaks. Oh, the Packers are taking calls. You know who benefits from having a story like that out there? And by the way, it's not out there yet. But it will be in the next 18 months. Oh, the Packers are taking quietly taking calls on Aaron Rodgers. You know who benefits from that report being out there? A team that wants to trade for Aaron Rodgers. There are going to be plenty of teams that are going to want to stir the pot. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, unhappy in Green Bay. Have you heard that? Yeah, his, his agent is uh, reaching out to teams. Even if that's not true. And if you're, a, by the way, if you're an executive worth your salt, you are absolutely doing that. Hey, we called on Aaron Rodgers and they didn't hang up the phone. Those are the conversations that are going to start getting had and, and you're going to have to t- tune them out because they're stupid. They're stupid. It's not happening. Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback for the Packers for two more seasons at least. Probably three. And then, you know, in in a year and a half, two years, we can start having a conversation. Okay, now what do the Packers do with Aaron Rodgers? And, And all of that is still contingent on the idea that Jordan Love has played well enough to deserve a shot to be the dude moving forward. Before we get to my conversation with Tony, I, I want to tell you about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. And trust me, I have tried them all. I started eating that stuff in eighth grade, trying to get in shape for football, trying to get my body right, trying to get everything together. I've tried. If you, if you went down your grocery store aisle and looked at every single protein, I've tried them all. Built Bar is legit. They've got 16 flavors. We're talking chocolate. We're talking chocolate nut. We're talking covered in chocolate. And they're not gritty. They're not that, you know, you feel like a horse chewing on it kind of situation with these bars. This is the real deal. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. They're keto friendly. A fraction of the sugar of a lot of these bars. You get some of these protein bars and they might as well be candy bars. Because of there's so much sugar and so many calories. That's not the deal with Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your first order. That's promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post-quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post 
quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water-resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, let's get to our conversation with Tony Wiggins. He is the co-host of Locked On Jaguars. And I hope wherever you are, it is as sunny and beautiful as it is in Florida right now, I'm sure. Tony, it's great to have you on Locked On Packers. It's great to be here, man. We've communicated a lot via email, so now we finally actually get to do this. Yeah, I've heard your your voice before because you've, you've helped out with some other work that we've done, but I haven't actually gotten a chance to talk to you, so this is great. Uh, and it's not uh, a team that that either of us faces very often. The Packers and the Jaguars are not historic rivals. I, I don't know if most people knew that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know they're not. You know, they don't play very often, but when they do, it seems like it's always a, a, a very good game. I recall a Monday night game years ago with Favre here yeah, where he probably threw one of the best passes I've ever seen in my life. I think he hit Jordy Nelson on a touchdown down the right sideline. And, of course, we remember um, – Aaron Rodgers coming in here a couple of years ago. So not often do they get together, but when they do, it's awfully fun. Indeed. And uh, Brett Favre, not not playing, but Aaron Rodgers is. And we don't know how much longer that will be the case. So I'm sure, as you mentioned to me before we got on here, there are going to be a lot of Jaguar fans at Lambeau when those two teams eventually meet, whenever whenever that is. Um, It has been uh, by at least compact – at least compared to the Packers, a relatively quiet offseason in Jacksonville. Can you just catch me up to speed on what's been going on the last few weeks, the last few months? It was quiet. All of the noise was about a second game being moved to London, which we just found out because of COVID-19. That's not going to happen now. Both of those games will probably be here uh, because of the restrictions. But it was quiet. The only thing that really happened early on was that they retained the coach and the GM and the fans went crazy. Uh, then it got noisy right before the draft because of Yannick Ngakwe and his ongoing saga with the front office and, and, and being franchise tagged. And it got to the point where it hit Twitter and, and then it just got really, really ugly. Um, Packer fans would like Jacksonville to do them a solid and not trade Yannick to Philly. That is right. the only caveat that, that they will add. Yeah. Uh, the Jaguars have had that, that problem. I saw a stat today where they've had, uh, Seven, seven first round picks in 10 years uh, that have been in the top 10, six in the top five. And they haven't renewed the fifth year option on all but except that only Blake Bortles got his uh, fifth year option. That's oh, a no. disaster. Yeah. That's an absolute disaster for a football team. So that stuff has to end. But um, we'd love to have the Packers problems where you have what I think <laughs> is one of the three best quarterbacks in the history of the league. And then you still have the luxury to make sure you pick another guy. That's that's crazy. So why why did Jacksonville not go that route? Because they could have picked 
Jordan Love. They could have picked, you know, they could have, there was some some smoke at least that they were thinking of moving up to try and get to a tag of Iloa. Is this just a, hey, you know, they're fine moving forward as is? Are they all in on Minshew mania? Why did they not go that direction with a young quarterback? Because this is not a team ready to compete for, for even a playoff spot, it looks like, in 2020. Well, Peter, when you think about it like this, the kid won NFL Rookie of the Week seven times. Mm-hmm. I mean, had he been a first-round pick or a second-round pick and did that, no one would be thinking that they need to move on. He uh, had 21 touchdowns and six picks. He was six and, uh, I believe, five and five or something like that as a starter. No, I think it was six and six as a starter when Foles got hurt. That's not bad. And everyone keeps talking about a six-round pick, six-round pick. But when when a kid plays the way he plays and 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 he's very infectious, and the only thing I could tell you that's that I've seen similar to it, Johnny Manziel type playing off schedule. But the, the bottom line is it's hard for them to try to move on because he may have been their saving grace to keep their jobs. They may have gone into Shah Khan's office at the end of the year and said, look, we found Josh Allen who got 10 and a half sacks. We found the right tackle in Jawan Taylor. We got this six-round pick that has ignited this city. So that's if they're using that as a reason to justify them keeping the job, then they can't then go out and replace him in the draft. It doesn't make sense. Well, that I mean that is logical, and so I guess I that was something that I had not considered, but it it makes total sense. I'm I'm wondering if there is a way other than not trading in Gakwe to the Eagles that the Jaguars can help the Packers. And that is if the Jaguars decide that they are willing to move on from someone like Keelan Cole, could that be someone that that could, you know, potentially be had? Could he be a veteran cut, as was suggested on ESPN? Um, and, and is he someone with experience with Nathaniel Hackett who you think could could help the Packers yeah. as a different type of receiver? Yeah, he, he's a little light. He's a little slight in Bill. And he, after having a great rookie season, he then came back and started out the year, you know, like gangbusters against the Patriots in a game that they won here. And then he got a, a sense of the drops and it, it started to really take a toll on him. And he just didn't seem to have the same confidence. Now, what bodes well for that scenario you just gave is, one, Green Bay inexplicably didn't draft a speedy receiver and Keelan can run. The other thing is the Jaguars drafted two receivers. They took LaVishka mm-hmm. in the second round and then they came back and got the kid from Texas, Colin Johnson. And, he, and, he's, and, and Colin is sort of like a kid that they let go that they wish they hadn't, who's in Green Bay right now, and Lazard. He's similar mm-hmm. to him in, in stature. And uh, the Jaguars regret letting him go and letting him get away because they have since then gone out and signed a bunch of six-foot-three receivers that can high-point football. So um, maybe that's a replacement. And Keelan, I don't know if he'll get cut, but I do think Dave Caldwell has done a fantastic job of getting compensation. So I could see a late-round pick if they want to move on from Keelan now that they have those other two. Yeah, how did how did Alan Lazard sneak out of Jacksonville? Because it's not like they're flush at receiver when when he ended up getting plucked off the practice squad. Committed to other guys like Marquise Lee. Um, Lazard was a tad raw here, and then mm-hmm. Lazard got away because just like Allen Robinson got away, you can't really gauge how good a receiver is if Blake Bortles is your quarterback. So, right, and I think that's what happened. Mercedes Lewis should have never Mercedes Lewis should have retired a Jaguar. And now his leadership is in Green Bay. And that's another pick. Uh, it's another move that they regret because it only it would only cost them a couple of million dollars to keep a guy like that. So the thing is, is they've made a lot of bad decisions in terms of trying to retain players here. 
and guys have gone on. I mentioned Allen Robinson. Guys have gone on to really be successful in other places at those skill positions. Yeah, I asked Jay Sternberger. Uh, he came on the show uh, a couple weeks back, and I said, what was your your welcome to the NFL moment when you realized, oh, these guys are just different? And he said one of the first days of training camp, he saw Mercedes block Zadarius Smith one-on-one, and he was just like, oh, that is like real yeah. grown man strength. And and he, Mercedes Lewis from day one in Green Bay was that kind of veteran that everyone looked to and just thought, okay, this is how you go about your business. And it's it's been really valuable for Green Bay. It has. And you know what? When you think about the Jaguars and how they went to the championship game in 2017, and then you start to see these guys like Malik Jackson, um, Mercedes Lewis, they start to leave and depart. Paul Puzlesny left. Uh, I would say Telvin Smith, but he just got himself in a little bit of trouble. That questions his leadership role. But you start seeing that. Now you got Calais Campbell. And then you saw an uptick in the younger guys smelling and feeling themselves. And, and then everybody started chirping. And then that's when you had all the disruptions. You really, really need leadership on this football team. And, it, and it's amazing to me that uh, they've allowed some of those leaders to, to get out of here. Now, I think they may change that up a little bit, but they could really use a Green Bay or a Pittsburgh Steeler approach to the future if they want to start getting more uh, solid in the way that they build their football team. Yeah, last thing here. Is the future for this administration, I mean, when you look at Coach GM, you, who you mentioned, um, Doug Marone was you know, a guy that I really liked going back to his Syracuse days as a Syracuse grad. But is is everything now tied to to Gardner Minshew? And if that doesn't work out, are they even going to get to to reap the benefits of you know what I thought was a really good draft class for them? Here's here's the funny thing about it. Shai Khan, the owner, has been slow to fire in the NFL. He owns a soccer team. I think he's fired the coach uh, five times in in six years. So <laughs> he, he it's it's odd though. He's slow to fire because. The TV money and the TV revenue is going to come whether you, you know, win or lose in the NFL. It's not so much in soccer. But the thing with him is I asked Dave Caldwell in an interview that I sent. I actually sent this up the channel to the NFL, uh, Locked on NFL, and they'll be using some of it. I asked him, I said, Dave, how do you manage to how do you manage to do the right thing from an infrastructure and team building standpoint, but then do enough that you can get guys that'll help you keep your job, you know, because sometimes they don't go hand in hand. You know, you want to win a few games to show that you're making progress. That might not be the best thing long-term for your football team. So he says you can do both. And Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell are not acting like guys that are on their last leg because it's going to be hard to fire that dude, even if they win five games, but he walks in there next year. And if he does move in Gakwe and get another first round pick, that'll be three. He can look at you. He, it, it's it's almost like the Philadelphia 76ers and Hinky. How you going to fire me when I got all of this ammunition for you? You know, so, you know, that's the thing that he's real good at hedging his bets, man. He'll sign a free agent to a bunch of money. And three years later, the cap hit is nothing when he lets him go. He's really, really good at that. But it's also been at the chagrin of the overall concept of winning here in Jacksonville. So he makes moves. They don't turn out. But then they don't seem to hurt him because he's always been able to regroup picks. They had 12 picks this year, and I think they got 13 next year. So it's hard to fire a guy that has that kind of ammunition. Especially when you're getting paid either way. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So I got a question for you. We were talking uh, in pre in a previous segment about us here. Mm -hmm. I made a point last year that when the Jaguars signed Nick Foles and they brought Nick Foles in, 
there was a movement here to make him more than a quarterback. He was going to be in on the meetings. He was going to plan the offense. He was going to do all of these things. Ironically, at the same time, there seemed to be a push and a movement in Green Bay to take a Super Bowl winning quarterback who is a Hall of Famer first ballot in Aaron Rodgers and restrict and remove some of the power from him. And I thought that that irony was it, it told you a lot about bo both organizations. One, did that happen? And two, how's the relationship now with him and the head coach? Well, I think I would have had a different answer for you two weeks ago before the Packers drafted Jordan Love in the first round. Um, but I, I do think that when you look at the the narrative from last offseason, it was about what is the control of the offense? Are they going to give Aaron Rodgers the line of scrimmage options that they did before? Are they going to let him run no huddle? Are they going to let him do things that were not a part of this offense before? And Matt LaFleur, to his credit, said, look, I'm going to, if Aaron Rodgers can get us into a perfect play, I'm going to let him get us into a perfect play. It's just not built into the offense. And to, I think, LaFleur's credit, even in the case of someone like Matt Ryan with the Kyle Shanahan offense where Matt LaFleur was the quarterback's coach, he didn't have that sort of full freedom at the line of scrimmage that Aaron Rodgers did in Green Bay last year. And that was something that that LaFleur said, look, it's not that I don't want to give it to him. It's that we have to figure out how to do it within the confines of our offensive structure and scheme. And that became, oh, well, Matt LaFleur doesn't want to give Aaron Rodgers control at the line of scrimmage. All of the reports that you hear and from the people that I've talked to, Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur got along great last year. I had Billy Turner on the podcast in the middle of the season, and he brought it up unprompted to just say people don't see them working together in the building. People don't see the leadership. And I think a lot of it has to do with Matt LaFleur's respect in that locker room. You know, it's like if you have a kid in class who is maybe a little bit, he's smart, but he's a smart aleck. He's a little bit of a class clown. Let's just say, for instance, that that's a thing. If you have a teacher everyone likes, no one's laughing at the jokes, right? If you're, if you're being that kid in class and everyone likes the teacher, you're just being a jerk then. So Matt LaFleur came in day one and commanded the respect of that locker room. And that meant everyone else, even if they'd wanted to be a problem, couldn't be. Now, I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers wanted to be a problem. I'm just saying that Matt LaFleur nipped that in the bud. Yeah. And it, is, it really did seem like it. And it also seemed like uh, as they got towards the end of the year, I thought they were going to win it all, really. The only thing that kept me from thinking that they didn't have a chance is I saw the game that they played early in the year against San Francisco, yeah. and it looked like they couldn't block them. So, you know, that was the only thing that I was – yeah, I was just a little bit afraid of. Now, with folks being so upset at them going out and, and drafting a quarterback – this isn't like this the first time they done. They did this to to Brett Favre too. So it's almost as like how are you gonna be mad, man? When they when they you actually they did the same thing for you. Is this Green Bay's way of saying, look, we're used to the great quarterback passing the baton to another great quarterback, and we like the way that that felt. So we're gonna do that same thing. And 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 Aaron's got two three years left. Easy. We're gonna bring this kid along slowly and try to develop him. Does it make sense to you or should they have gone out since they're so close and maybe gotten an extra offensive lineman, somebody that can help block the teams that rush the passer very well in, in the uh, East? I think when you look at the makeup of Brian Gutekunst and where he came from, he was hired by Ron Wolf. And Ron Wolf is a Hall of Fame general manager, someone who traded for Brett Favre and who seemingly every year drafted a quarterback. 
drafted Mark Brunel, drafted Ty Detmer, had Kurt Warner in training camp, uh, drafted Aaron Brooks, who became a successful NFL quarterback. So that was the mantra. If you if you saw a guy who you thought could play, you took him. And it is it is funny that all of the same conversations, Tony, that we had in Green Bay in 2005, you got to get far more help. He is, you know, this is this could be the last year or the last few years. You got to get someone. They were just in the playoffs and they just lost to the Vikings. That that left a bad taste in everyone's mouth. So go get the guy that can push them over the top. It's just not how Green Bay operates. It's not how Ted Thompson operated. And Brian Gutekinds proves it's not how he operated. He has to balance the short term and the long term view of this. And they, you know, I, I think a lot of teams pay lip service to the idea of BPA, a best player available. And the idea of if you think a guy can be a franchise quarterback, you take him and figure it out. The Packers actually did it. And if this works, we're going to be talking about this in 10 years the same way we talked about Ted Thompson going out on a limb and saying, I don't care about the immediate hit I'm going to take with fans. This is going to work out. And it did. Well, there's two things that I'll, I'll add to that real quick before I tell you an interesting Jacksonville Green Bay story to close us out. I love it. Um, one thing is, you're right. I mentioned Pittsburgh and I mentioned Green Bay. You know, Pittsburgh's had three coaches. I'm 50 years old. They've had three coaches in my entire life. And they've all won a Super Bowl. And I think it's because they look at the draft like a Major League Baseball as opposed to the NBA. The NBA is always looking for the next Kobe, LeBron, or Jordan, right? right. They look, they want that, they want that guy to come in and, and just turn the league upside down. In baseball, they have a farm system. And you just you always invest in the infrastructure. So they'll you see these great teams pick guys, and you won't see those dudes for four years. And then all of a sudden, like the Braves, they have all of these kids in their in their in their program that's coming up and they're 21, 22 years old and they're hitting home runs. So I do think that there's something to be said about that and that Green Bay actually has the cachet to pull that off because historically they've been so good. Uh real quick, Green Bay Jacksonville connection story, and I'll go as fast as I can. I'm in high school. I'm a junior. There's a guy named Leroy Butler who's an All-American <laughs> playing at a rival high school. I play basketball against him and this other kid named Edgar Bennett, right? So they're playing Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith in the in the high school playoffs. It's the only game where Emmett Smith didn't get 100 yards. He averaged 250 yards a game. It was a Gatorade player of the year. The, the Lee High School team lost, and Emmett Smith advanced. But because the week leading up to the game, they had a backup safety that they put a red number 21 on and said, you're going to be Emmett Smith. That guy was Edgar Bennett. Edgar Bennett played defense. He shredded the defense of that high school all year. <laughs> they both went to Florida State, and then they both went to Green yep. Bay, and they both won Super Bowl championships. So I just had to tell you guys that story. Edgar Bennett got to that. the lead because he imitated Emmett Smith and crushed this defense in practice. But then the defense actually stopped Emmett Smith. I think Emmett had 24 carries for 96 yards. So I just wanted to tell you there's a Jacksonville connection with two legends uh, up there from here, man. So we, we really, really appreciate the fact that those guys were able to come up there and be a part of your great history. Hey, we we appreciate you sending them. Um, Edgar Bennett was a, a tremendous Packer. Obviously, Leroy Butler deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't know why we're even sure. we're even talking about it. And then Edgar Bennett went on to coach uh, and is still coaching. Yep. So uh, Mike McCarthy always insisted that he was a future head coach. Always wanted to give him more responsibility. So we'll see if that. I, I didn't know they played on the same high school team though. That's wild. Same high school team. They were uh, Edgar Leroy left in '86. Edgar left in '87. 
it's tremendous, man. Wow. Tremendous. That's awesome. All right, Pete, man. I appreciate it. And thank you so much for having me, man. And like I said, it's always good to, to talk to you in person as opposed to the constant emails. Man. And, uh, <laughs> you, got, you got something going on, so I ain't going to spoil it unless you want to. But uh, congratulations are in store for you and your family. Hey, I appreciate it, Tony. All right. Thanks, bro. Before we finish up, I want to talk to you about something a little bit different. Start the competition today with the people important in your mom's life. Mother's Day is her Super Bowl, so celebrate this Mother's Day by scoring her favorite gift of the day. Your mom will be able to travel in her mind to far-off India, sample the food, and laugh at the perils of raising a teenager in 1950s India through a new book of fiction called The Henna Artist. By the way, it's Reese Witherspoon's book club pick for May. Then anytime in May, post a picture of your mom or you holding the book or the ebook on Instagram or Facebook and tag the author at the Alka Joshi. A donation of four meals per post and up to 10,000 meals will go to Feeding America. So go buy The Henna Artist today at your favorite bookseller, including Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Walmart, Costco, and Target, and make mom the ultimate winner in your family. Matt Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk... 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. I just want to throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted. And he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, I want to thank Tony for joining the show. Terrific conversation with him. I love that, that Leroy Butler story. And Edgar Bennett, I had no idea they were on the same team. Maybe I did, and it just was one of those stats that that left my brain. But uh, it is a thing, and uh, I loved it. So Tony is is great and, and does a lot of great work with the Jaguars. I can't imagine that they're your second team, but hey, maybe they're your second team. We did just get word that they're not going to be playing any games outside of the U.S., as Tony mentioned. Um, the, the London games are not happening, and the Mexico City, those kinds of games are not happening anymore. So... The Jaguars have to play all their games in Jacksonville. Uh, we are expecting the schedule on Thursday. And the NFL has said that they are going to plan it as if there's going to be fans in the stadiums. And all the games are being played. Everything's starting on time. That is where we are right now. So maybe that can happen. Um, I I don't even know how to feel about it because things seem to change by the day. So we'll see. When the schedule comes out, obviously we will talk about it. It will be uh, a, a major talking point because it'll be as close to live sports as we can possibly get. We'll have the Colts tomorrow and then finish up here with the Titans on Thursday. And that'll be it for the week, the next few weeks. Uh, that is the plan, four shows a week. And uh, I will uh, keep trying to bring you the content as best I can. I hope everyone is staying safe, staying sound, and staying healthy. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. 
And anytime you want to be a part of the Locked On Packers nation, family, and show, you can hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers. For listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NHL team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.